What's up, everybody? Do you sometimes like to watch a TV show or maybe read a book with Fabio on the cover? And people, <laughs> you might describe it as a guilty pleasure. Well, you're in luck because today's episode, we're going to be talking about why are pleasures guilty, if they are at all. This is the Existential Stoic Podcast. I'm Randy. That's Danny. What's going on, Danny? What's up, Randy? So, Danny, I had this experience this week where I have a quote-unquote guilty pleasure. I've been watching Columbo. Like, man, do I love this show. And I love it so much yeah. because he's just... Everybody thinks he's an idiot and he totally plays into it and he totally solves every crime because he basically manipulates the people by them thinking that he's an idiot and him fulfilling their thoughts. So... I just love watching it. I get a kick out of it. And I was about to describe it to somebody as, oh, this is my guilty pleasure. And then I was thinking to myself, why does this have to be guilty? Like, I don't feel guilty about this. I feel really good when I can actually have some time mm. in my day to watch this show. And it's a like it's a pleasure, but it's not a harmful pleasure. It's something that I'm learning from and that I enjoy. So that got me to thinking, why are pleasures guilty and why do we call them guilty pleasures? Yeah, why even define it that way? No, you know what I mean? It is funny because, like, it is, it's always like things that are like, we always describe things that way that are generally speaking not really that bad. It's not like you're talking about, like, you know, um, I don't know, like hiding, getting high or something or doing something that's like harmful to you, maybe to others. It's usually things that are pretty, like, innocuous and simple and whatever. Like, you know, I remember um, when I used to drive uh, a lot all the time. I don't know why, but I used to love when Avril Lavigne came on uh, the radio. And, like, I don't necessarily listen to her music regularly, but, like, driving, I love it. I don't know what it was about it, but something. About it. <laughs> but it was like, yeah, that's like a guilty pleasure, too. I don't know what it is. I always, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I always thought of, because it is funny, because why should anything that's pleasurable be guilty? If it's something we really like and really is, you know, really, like, makes us happy or makes us joyful. Yeah. And then. And it's also like calling it a guilty pleasure makes you almost feel a little bit defensive or shameful around yeah. it. Like I, I, when I was when I was thinking of Columbo as like guilty pleasure, I was like I was thinking I was some creep in like a raincoat, like yeah. you know, like about to expose himself. So I was like, it's not that; it's just a TV show. I like to hang out in parks. No, it's yeah, you gotta like. <laughs> it's funny because you're right. You feel like you have to like if you want to talk, like you want to talk about it, but then you feel like you have to first justify it and like explain it and rationalize it but why why should you have to and it's funny because mm. you know there are also things that like usually it's stuff that a lot of people also like it's not like you know we're not talking about like Columbo is a show that's well known it's not a show that was like had low ratings or anything it was on for a long time so it's kind of funny I think in that sense too and I wonder what it is about them that makes it a guilty pleasure rather than just something pleasurable or why do we is it is it do you think it's because like is it social condemnation or judgment? Is that what it is? Is it like saying that think, you should, you're the type of person that shouldn't like that, but even though you do? I think it's kind of, I think it's kind of like that bromance type of word, like how girls get jealous when guys are very close friends and they're like, Oh, bromance. <laughs> it's like people get jealous when you actually enjoy something yeah. and you're getting pleasure from something simple. And they're like, Oh, that's your guilty pleasure. Huh? It's like maybe some happy. type of jealousy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe some jealousy in there. <laughs> we should ruin that for yeah, yeah it could be it could be jealousy might be or like that you let your you know i think it might also be like maybe they're jealous that you let yourself really enjoy it 
and they would like to enjoy it too, but because of whatever mm-hmm. self-concepts they have, whatever problems they have, they won't allow themselves to. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I, you know, I'm thinking of like, you know, like that, uh, you know, when people talk about like the toxic masculinity and that kind of whatever, you know, like, so thinking of yourself a certain way and thinking certain things are just totally out of bounds, even though like you mm. might be the t- type of person that would want to do that anyway, but you don't let yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So then that brings a question. Are there actually pleasures that should make you feel guilty? You know, it's, it's like, it's, it's mm. tough because we're these organisms that are just like, we're moved through life by pleasure and pain. We try and avoid pain. We try and go towards pleasure. (laughs) Like sometimes it can be detrimental. Like I've, I've gone to excess with some pleasures and that can be like detrimental because especially when it's like a short-term pleasure, that's very, very satisfying where, but it'll give you a long-term pain, but the long-term pain, because it's not close temporally. Yeah. Yeah. It does. You don't feel it. So like, yeah, I've been, I've been guilty of that. I um, definitely were guilty of that too. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's like why? I guess like why do we need to be guilty about these? Well, you know, yeah, and, and guilt's a funny word too because guilt is like a social concept, right? Like you, you're conditioned. I mean, first of all, guilt's something you're conditioned to feel. It's not something that you feel normally. Our our conscious doesn't tell us like we're doing something wrong normally unless we were taught that it's wrong. So there is, this, it's gotta be, it's connected to something about society. Maybe it is, I, maybe it is like, you know, those things like were, especially, I'm thinking too, like, you know, like when you're younger and you're trying to fit in like in high school or whatever, right? Because everybody's desperately trying to fit in at that time. You know, you have the groups that you're trying to fit in with. And oftentimes it's fairly clear, like what's accepted and what's not like within that group. So if you like things that are not part of what's accepted in the group that you're trying to, you're trying to sort of, uh, you know, or take or join, you know, that would be things that you're going to hide, right? Mm. So there are things mm-hmm. you might feel guilty about, maybe that kind of idea. Ooh, that does make a lot of sense. Yeah, definitely. Because I think of examples, there's, there's one guy that I knew growing up who like, he literally didn't care what anybody else thought. Like, it never even occurred to him <laughs> to even give like an inch of consideration to what anybody else thought. And so like, he would do this stuff that like, would be guilty pleasures or like most people would condemn or condone or criticize or whatever. And he just didn't care. Like it didn't matter to him. He's like, yeah, I don't give a shit. Like this is something that I enjoy doing. You go. And, but it was like, everybody had such respect for him because he just cared about himself. Like he didn't care about what other people thought. They could criticize him all day and he would just be like, go F yourself. But yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It's funny, right? Because that's the confidence I think. And knowing yourself. Because I think that's the other problem is like a lot, like most people are uncomfortable with themselves or don't know themselves fully or just are unsure. They want to be accepted. They want to be liked. And so like, you know, I think a lot of people are constantly doing things to kind of not for themselves necessarily, but for their image, to project to society a certain idea, to be accepted, all these other things. And that kind of complicates things. You know, if you're comfortable with yourself and you know yourself and you're just doing what you want to do, I mean, why do you have to prove it to anybody else? Why do you need anybody else to accept it? Like, if something's really pleasurable to you, like, who cares? Like, really, why do you need the world to say it's okay? <laughs> Probably because for hundreds of thousands of years, we grew up in very close, tight-knit societies where <laughs> your survival <laughs> depended upon everybody else's support. And now it's like, yeah. 
we still our lives still depend on other support, but our survival doesn't. Like our survival is almost guaranteed. The baseline is so low. Yeah, it's funny too because I also always thought of them like, you know, I think sometimes too. I mean, I guess guilted, you know, that idea of guilty pleasure it has like multiple meanings, like everything else. You know, I always thought of it in some senses like, you know, things that you find really joyful, but like maybe you don't have a good reason why they just kind of whatever you know or like or they're just entertaining but they're not like they're not intellectual or they're not like normal for you they're just it's like maybe like you know like like think of a genre of music like you might not like an entire genre of music but like some some person you do like like their stuff for whatever reason and so it's like mm-hmm. you know you might say it's like a guilty pleasure like generally you don't like that kind of stuff this you do you know maybe something like that i don't know yeah I think it's really, I actually think it's really important to have a guilty pleasure. Like, it's because I can't speak for everybody, but I know, like, me personally, I'm so busy, like, working so hard to accomplish these goals and do all these things that it's just like, it's the times when I get to sit down and watch an episode of Columbo, it's like, it's like very savory. It's like cherished time because it's just, you know, it's literally just like a little bit of pleasure out of the day just me and just like awesome well you know it's funny i actually got into uh not that long ago because my uh my partner she watches anime and like i got into it because she watches it but like it's like a great thing because we're both really busy and it's like fun to watch at night it doesn't it's not taxing it's not like you know watching like a lot of these like drama shows and stuff that like they take a lot out of you they're like emotional and they're like serious and stuff this is like light and fun and like you know and it's almost like i like that about it because it's you know you're not it doesn't require a ton from you you know what i mean to just it's just enjoyable and it doesn't have to be like you know highbrow or anything or like you know smart it could just be fun and i think that's Mm -hmm. that's the other side of it too yeah no i agree with you i think it's smart because i think it's like you know it's it's allowing yourself just to feel pleasure right with no real strings attached Mm-hmm. maybe that's why it's guilty maybe because it's like you know there's nothing maybe that's also why because it's like you're just experiencing pleasure without any real work or any real effort <laughs> I, was just, I was just thinking of like a craigslist post like looking for pleasure nsa <laughs> <laughs> next street baby just do it uh, maybe that's it too i don't know i you know because like then uh yeah, because then it's just pleasurable. There's nothing else, right? Because a lot of most other pleasures, like we feel like we have to work for them, you know, like you have to, you, mm-hmm. have, to do, you, like, you have to, you have to earn your time to, to do the things you want to do, mm-hmm. or you have to, you, know, you have to set time aside to do it because of every other stupid responsibility. It's like maybe that's like because it's just easy. Isn't that a, isn't that a dumb mentality? You know, it's, like you, you look back. We, I mean, if we started in the Garden of Eden, we just had pleasures all around us, and yeah. if we did, I mean, if we didn't start there. Still, like we were outside in nature, and it was beautiful. And sure, there were times that were stressful, but for the most part, it was beautiful, and we had these great bodies. It definitely wasn't stressful. He was walking around with like his thing just out, chilling. <laughs> there was <know>. no stress. <laughs> Not then. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and uh, yeah. So I was I was also thinking about like what's the opposite of a guilty pleasure. So like, there's kind of two ways to look at it. It would be like a non guilty pleasure. Or it would be a guilty pain. And so what would those things be? And are those things good for you or bad for you? I don't know what a guilty pain would look like. I think when I think of a guilty pain, 
I thought of it one of two ways. So, like, it's either going to be good for you or bad for you. So, like, a guilty pain that's bad for you would be something like cutting yourself or something like that. Because it feels okay. good in the moment, oh, and the long run yeah. is probably not that good. But and, and plus, there's there's shame associated with it. You hide it from other people. You don't tell anybody what's going on. So, like, I was thinking that if it was bad. Or I was thinking guilty pain... Because we were talking about how guilty pleasures can help you kind of move forward if they're uh, if they're not harmful. So, like, I was thinking guilty pains as, like, some of these people who, like, let's, we'll just, like, use the entrepreneur example. Like, somebody who has such a firm goal of getting somewhere that their guilty pain is actually cold calling people. Like, calling up people they don't know and trying to sell them whatever. And for eight years, they're doing this and they're not making any progress. But they're just building up the experience. They're getting better and better and better at it. That's their guilty pain because it's painful every time. But that guilt is like uh, they're not telling anybody about it. But that guilt and that pain is eventually getting them to a place where they want to be. That's interesting. Yeah, I can see both of those, too, because I think on the one hand, you're right. Like like things that are like like, you know, um, like if people like, you know, I don't know. um, are depressed or negative and like, but they also perpetuate the attitude themselves. You know, that's like a, a guilty pain sort of, right? And like, you might even hide the fact that you're causing it or, or even, you know, deny that you're doing it, right? And on the flip side, right? Like kind of putting yourselves through these difficult things just to kind of try to make that progress and even enjoying it maybe sort of to a certain extent. Yeah, I could see that. We are weird. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny. Like I, <laughs> I don't know why I was thinking about this the other day, but like, it's just funny because like I don't know if it's amazing to me sometimes that like we we ex- collectively accept the world as it is not the world like you know reality I mean but like the human construct the world that we create societies that we accept them the way they are like blows my mind that we like accept yeah. this <laughs> and it's like I don't know it's just funny like because it it just seems like we do all these things not for our own reasons but for or not because we even want to, but for you know, status or because we have to, or because like we don't want to lose, you know, if you mm-hmm. want to win, and like, all these other reasons yeah. that are kind of very, very abstract and apps or you know, not really part of us outside of us. Yeah, I think part of it comes down to like so much of everything already being created before we get started. Yeah, like wouldn't it make a huge difference if everything had to just be reduced to rubble every like fifty years or every hundred years? Because you look around, you see these giant buildings and you see like these like massive computer companies and like all the all this stuff that's like so massive it makes you think feel insignificant. Whereas yeah. like really if you just try, who knows? You could be the next big thing. You never know. I think you definitely could. That's the thing, right? It's like it would be interesting if we did destroy everything like every fifty years or so. That'd be really keep what's good. And then start. <laughs> like I, I always found it so interesting. Like, when did things go awry? Because in in the Bible, it talks about how they would forgive debt every seven years, and how like, uh, it was. I think it was the uh, Israelites couldn't even, uh, they couldn't even give debt to a, an Israelite. So like, you couldn't, no. you couldn't, someone, one of your own people, you could uh, give them debt. So 
there's like a whole bunch of there's a whole bunch of stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Like and there's like things that like, you can't and you can't collect interest on a loan and stuff. Like it has to be just whatever was borrowed paid back exact or whatever. Like yeah. it can't be any extra. Yeah. And, and tax collectors actually had to have physical people go around and collect the taxes and their lives were in danger. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> you know? Yeah, so like, be like, nope. <laughs> when did things go so wrong? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's like uh I, I think the bureaucratic institution got too much power, maybe. Maybe that's it. It became yeah. such a big facet. It's weird. Well, you know what's so you know, it's funny too, because back then there's so many people were really like their work was really focused on like sustenance, like food and stuff. But that mm-hmm. all changed with like, you know, big agriculture and stuff like that, where like, you know, one person and a bunch of machines can farm half of America. You know, it's like so then that's a lot of people that don't have that job anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you have time for guilty pleasures. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's funny. I don't know. It's like, it is interesting that when you analyze, I think, anything, like the words we use, the ideas we have, anything, I mean, they're all, they're all somehow rooted in our culture and what we've learned. And I think how we apply them can be really harmful or helpful, depending on, you know, how you look at it. Like, I think if you, if you think of guilty pleasures as, as something really like, guilty you're gonna hide them and that's probably not healthy because if you really enjoy it you should just admit that it's a pleasure and Mm -hmm. enjoy it you know (laughs) yeah so it i guess like but we should we should evaluate our pleasures because pleasures can be very good for you if they're directed in the right way but they can also be very harmful if they're directed in the wrong way so instead of just like labeling them guilty pleasures or not guilty pleasures it's probably important to determine is this pleasure getting me somewhere where i want to go or is this pleasure taking me off course i think that's a good way to look at it like the larger context like how how does this pleasure fit in my with my life my values like is it actually is it detrimental to my moving forward or to other things because you know it's like like video games is a great one like right we both like video games a lot but there's plenty of people who like them way too much and get like addicted to it and then you know I mean, anything can become an addiction where, you know, your life suffers because you're putting all of your time into something, but not really getting, you're not getting a return that's beneficial to you or enough, you know, enough of a beneficial return to, to count the, you know, the negatives. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Talking about addictions. Okay. So I, I mentioned this book that I read, Loving What Is, and I think it's a really interesting book because it teaches you to question your thoughts. And so there was there was an experience that I had where I felt almost addicted to something. And it was because I had this thought in the background that my happiness depends on this thing. Oh, yeah. I can see that. Yeah. yeah, And I didn't see that thought like it was it was back here, but it was running everything. It was like my (laughs) happiness depends on it. And so like my mind was going forever because I was. I was imagining all these scenarios where I'd lose that thing and then I'd never have happiness again. I think it's a pretty good characterization of addiction though. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, that, that idea that, you know, that thing becomes sort of a a condition for everything else or for your very happiness or for your very existence or whatever comfort, however you want to define it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so loving what is, is kind of like a four step questioning thing where you ask, is it true? Could you, could you know it's absolutely true? And like looking at it, I was like, well, no, I can't know that's true 100%. (laughs) And then uh, the next question is, what happens when you believe that thought or that idea? And like, 
I saw that when I was thinking that thought, like I just, my life was, there was, there was like no possibility left in my life. It was almost, it was a crippling. It was crushing. It was just like very, very, uh, not just didn't feel good at all. And then it's like, well, what, what would it be like if you didn't have that thought? And I was like, ah, oh, I would be free. I wouldn't care. Like it wouldn't even matter. And so like, but like helping to see that thought and then see the cause and effect of that thought really helped to release some of the addiction around it. And so, yeah. yeah. No, that's a good, I like that. That's a good point too. Cause I think that's one of the hardest things of like, you know, whatever you're addicted to, um, you know, it's, it's hard to see it for what it is a lot of times. I think it's hard to see that it's harmful. It's also hard to see that it's like, a lot of times it's like, it's, it's not like really pleasure. Like it might be pleasurable, but it's more like escapism and stuff like that. Not really like enjoyment or genuine pleasure. I don't know if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's hard to also, you know, see a way around it because it can be so consuming. Like just dealing with that can feel like you're, you know, taking up all your time. And then the rest of your time is spent rushing through what you need to get through that you leave yourself no time to think, no time to really be free. Like you said, to make free decisions, to live your life. Mm-hmm. And again, I think pleasures can definitely like, you know, also rob us of our freedom. And that's where they get severely, you know, detrimental to our, to us too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So I think, yeah, I think overall guilty pleasures. Don't worry too much about them. Go watch some episodes of Columbo. Three fifty shades of gray. <laughs> yeah. Or, or there's a new 365 on Netflix that I've heard is really same thing. What is that? It's basically, it's basically oh, it's like, like porn. Same. It's like porn on Netflix. Yeah. 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 <laughs> two two girls already have told me how good it is. So. <laughs> yeah, you know it's funny. It's like it cracks me up how much they. It's like how obvious it is used to sell things too. Because like I remember when Game of Thrones came out on HBO, and I had read the I had read the books that were out at the time. And like the first season, I was like, oh, cool. And you know, I'll check it out. And like the first season was like really close to the book. But I like within the first episode, I was like, dude, there was not this many scenes in whorehouses. And what is going on? And I was like, yeah. like they do all their business in there now. I didn't know that. Right. <laughs> like they have meetings and stuff. And like it's just yeah. background noise to everything they do. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it's crazy. Yeah, it's so funny. Yeah. Well, I remember uh, there's this like uh, enlightened ma- Eastern master called uh, Osho. And he always used to talk about how we're just so deprived of sex, like all the time, that it <laughs> makes it that it makes it like our biggest yeah. priority in life. He would always talk. He would, he would talk about number one how like you should just people should just grow up naked around each other and just it should just be normal. But he would always talk about how uh, religious people would always ask him about sex, and sex workers would always ask him about religion. <laughs> Ah, the thing you don't have in your life, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, oh, you know, you you remind me though of it's it's funny though. It's like you know, we mentioned like Fifty Shades of Grey and like even like Game of Thrones. Like, I think that's also funny about what we de- define as guilty pleasures. Like ninety nine percent, there's nothing different between it and something everybody's watching. Every you know, there really isn't. It's just that like maybe it's like it was really popular a couple years ago, or maybe it was you know what I mean. Like it's. It's just funny how it's really there's no difference. Like, why aren't those things also guilty pleasures? I think ask yourself that too, because that's mm. that kind of can put it into perspective as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So All funny. right. So 
There you have it in a nutshell. Are pleasures guilty? Should they be? Should they not be? And other questions answered. In today's episode of the Existential Stoic Podcast, make sure to check us out on YouTube and the podcasting services. I'm Randy. That's Danny. I'll see you later, Danny. Later, Randy.